Hello, everyone, and welcome to the American Scouser Podcast. Uh, we've been away for a while, but as the season gets ready to come our way, so are we. Today, uh, I'm your host, Timuchin, and today we have Jamie joining us. Uh, Jamie is actually one of the administrators at LFC uh, Wilmington. So, Jamie, welcome to the podcast. How you doing, Tim? Uh, First... Pretty good, man. Getting excited, getting ready to get this thing rolling. It's almost like... Preseason is one of those things that I feel like, especially as I get older, I'm getting more and more cynical probably. But in the past, you know, like, you know, you, I would, I mean, I still watch it obviously closely. Uh, but, you know, you would see these young players and, you know, that's why I was mostly watching. But like I say, as the years go by, it's almost like I'm finding it harder to get excited about some of the younger players. I just kind of, kind of want to see them develop more and more but let's start talking about that let's start talking about like the preseason games before we get to this weekend's game but uh so instead of going over game by game i kind of figured we would kind of like look at the whole the clump of those games and the performances so what did you take away you know as we kind of end the preseason round now um what are your feelings overall of how we performed how the games went and the team as a whole I mean, we, we definitely took some losses. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, like you said, it's, it's all about getting the players out there, getting, getting their legs back, used to, used to running around, used to, used to that. Well, they've had some time off. Obviously, they had three weeks off before the Champions League final. And then, obviously, the final. And then their, their holiday and, you know... Most of them didn't get much of a, a vacation. They they went straight back to work, basically, with their internationals and whatnot. But um, I feel like, you know, I I don't really place too much weight on preseasons. It's um, it's just a, a a training exercise for those guys. You know, they they just need to get back into um, you know, the the rinse repeat type deal where they're they're training and. Uh, and, and getting the best use out of their feet, you know? Yeah, and I think our style of play probably conflicts overall with the preseason too. I mean, it's so much dependent on physicality, constant running, constant pressure and stuff like that. It's kind of hard to get that momentum and that pace going when you practice in the morning and you're kind of like sore as you play, which is what happens in most preseason games. But I think our style kind of uh, conflicts a lot more than maybe some other teams would. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, very it's, intense. Yeah. We, we press a lot. It's, it's uh, you know, it's full metal football. That's what we love about it. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, now that you kind of like seen the games, how ready do you find the team? I mean, I know I was actually surprised to see, you know, Firmino and Salah actually like, you know, Alisson start the game. I was very pleased to see those guys be able to just go out and like, you know, some of them even 30 minutes, half, whatever, you know, I was shocked to see them play at all really against Leon. And so how on a zero to 10 scale, 10 being ready to hit the Champions League final, uh, how ready do you find this team? The, the entire squad? I mean, that's a, a bit of a stretch. I wouldn't say they're ready for the Champions League final. Luckily, it's not the Champions League final we're walking into. It's uh, <laughs> the charity shield. Um, you know, we, uh, we didn't win a game in America, which was... Um, probably more likely down to the jet lag and, and the intense training sessions. And, and like I was saying, trying to, to get 
those players get their legs back doing to what their brain wants them to do, you know. And um, I'd say, if I'm being uber critical, <laughs> they're uh, they're 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 at about a six. I I think. Uh, you know, I don't place too much faith in the in the charity shield or community shield or whatever it's called these days. But um, hopefully, you know, another ninety minutes under their belt, and and we'll be ready for Norwich. Uh, yeah, I think I kind of we kind of agree on six. I mean, it's so hard to tell with so many missing pieces, and there's no cohesion. Kind of like constantly a different shuffle out there. Um, which player were you the most impressed with over like all these preseason games? Oh, that's a that's a good question right there. I mean, well, we play we played Tranmere first in England, and that that's a, a, a running tradition now we have with Tranmere Rovers. And I believe the first goal scorer of our campaign this season was was Klein, uh, two minutes. And he absolutely bangs one in in the top bins, which is pretty impressive for him. And, you know, then a couple of days later, goes gets injured. And, uh, you know, after last year, I'm sure he welcomed that like a fart at Christmas dinner, you know. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was typical for him. But, you know, luckily we've got, we've got cover at right back uh, with young um, Keanu Hoover which he's, he's quality. He's a quality young lad. But I think who impressed me most was probably uh, Wee LaRucci at left-back. I think he's only 18. And he's, just, he's impressed consistently. Like he, he, he really looks the business. He's um, obviously got a great mentor in Robbo. He's just a real vibrant young kid. And at that age, you're, you're afraid of no one. Like, and you know, he's got legs for days. You know, he can run all day long. He's strong. Um, apparently, he used to be um, an attacking winger. So Klopp has clearly seen something that he likes. And he said, you know, look, we're, we're going to play you at left back, mate. And uh, the, the current crop of youth, you know, I've, I've watched them. At watch them grow you know into into men like you take a look at them they're all beefed up now than than they were last year and, and certainly a few years ago yeah that's what's i mean in with some of the players it looked like like three months was like three years i don't know if you didn't watch them as much but i was like man you've grown um and you know looked like they were a lot stronger out there um I think if I pick probably one player, I, and I was very pleased to see, I was pretty impressed with Brewster overall. Uh, for a guy coming back from injury, I mean, leave on the goals he scored. I mean, they're good striker goals. Maybe, you know, some of them were just tap-ins or, like, easier finishes, it looks like, you know, to an untrained regular eye. But I thought they were good striker goals. It's very Absolutely. I almost feel like... He might be the person, uh, especially with, I mean, that was with no, you know, Salah and Mane on your sides uh, to kind of like scare the defense or take people away from you. Uh, So that was really impressive to see. Yeah, I mean, you know what those kids are are made of. You know what they can do. Like, you know, Wilson and uh, and Brewster and and even to a smaller extent, Kent, They, they can, you know, it's, it's just a, con- uh, a question if they can keep that progression going and, and, you know, one day 
I would like to see, hopefully, you know, they can maybe break into the first team, have a decent cup run. And, you know, worst case scenario, they don't make the first team. Um, They're certainly good enough to start at a a lesser team than Liverpool and, and, you know, command a a decent price tag that, that, you know, we can recoup, you know. They're talking about 25 million for, for young Wilson, which... In today's age, that's that's probably a bargain for some teams. I think so. In terms of you know getting a player with that much potential at that age, it is probably a, a bargain, really. I mean, looking at how looking at the prices around, and it's just not gonna get any lower. You know, some people talk like, oh, this is just a phase kind of thing. It's only gonna get worse. I mean, people are only gonna get more expensive when there's a Chinese team willing to give like Vale a million a week. Yeah, uh, it's just I just don't see it getting any better. Yeah, I mean, Wilson's stats for for last year in the championship were were pretty pretty outlandish. You know, they're pretty good, and people talk about comparing the championship with with the Prem, but uh, he scored some decent goals against Premiership sides in the in the FA Cup. Obviously, he scored that screamer of a free kick against United, which. Uh, he celebrated by holding up the whole five times celebration, which <laughs> that was absolutely box office, you know. But uh, out of he uh, he scored seven outside the box in the championship last year. Three of those were free kicks. And uh, now let's put that in comparison with Liverpool. And we only had five outside the box goals last year in the Premier League. So he, he, he's clearly got the pedigree. I think the only thing I, that concerns me with, you know, Wilson is the fact that he does those, you know, he has that outside shots and, you know, obviously like the free kick ability, but sometimes he just disappears. And I think that will be my biggest fear. I think when it scores or when it's a preseason game, you know, it's all fun and games, but let's say, you know, you're playing, let's say Norwich is 0-0 and he tries to like crack one up in the 79th minutes and it goes sky high. I don't think it's going to be taken as well. And I don't know if he's ready for that. And I feel like, you know, when he's not producing those magical moments, sometimes he can, he seems to get lost in games. I mean, sometimes he'll pick up that dribble and you'll be like, oh man, this kid. And then you almost like don't even see him around for like 15, 20 minutes, he almost like disappears into the game. But again, on on the other side of that coin, you've got, you know, some of the best players in the world can be silent for 89 minutes. And it just takes that one minute where, like he done against, uh, was it Leon last week? Where he just rifles one in, you know? So let me ask you this. I was going to ask you this later on, but now that we're talking about Wilson, sounds like, you know, you kind of like like this performance overall. Aside from, I mean, Lalana and Ox, you know, the two new signings, uh, out of all these youngsters we see, which one do you see as the one having the most impact during the season? The divac of the season, if you will. I mean, somebody who's going to come in and suddenly, you know, give us a lot of moments. You know, Shaq did that for a while. Sturridge did that in the beginning of the season, then kind of like, you know, faded away. Uh, but who do you see as that player, out of these youngsters especially, as the one that will have like an impact? At the end of the season, we're going to be like, 
that kids changed a lot of stuff. Well, I mean, we, talk, we touched on him a little briefly there just when I was talking about Klein. I think uh, that young right back, Keanu Hoover, I think him, he, he just signed that new contract. And, uh, you know, he's, he's 17. He had his debut against Wolves in the FA Cup last year. He, he's our third youngest player ever for Liverpool. Um, and he, he just signed a new contract, which was the, the longest contract he could have signed. Um, for a first professional deal under FIFA regulations, and uh, I think there's some some talk about Klopp thinking that he could play all along across the back line, so left back, both centre backs, and right back. So, I mean, he he'll more than likely play, obviously, more games for the under 23s, but um, I think he could at least string a, a cup run together, you know, hopefully get a couple of um, appearances. But uh, other than that, I, I don't think the likes of, well, I, I really don't think anybody else is going to really push out any any of our, our first teamers, you know. Yeah, I almost hope, maybe this is wishful thinking on my part, but I almost hope Brewster can go into that role where we can give Bobby some breaks. I, I mean, I felt like, and you know, we talked about that, you know, in podcasts in the past last season. We just, that's one position I feel like we just can never replace uh, in terms of, and obviously for a good reason. I mean, obviously, you know, Bobby's world class, but in terms of what he does on the field, you know, coming back to the midfield, taking, you know, defenders with him, creating space, making that extra run to create space for Salah or Mane, you know, all those like little things that he does. I almost feel like we can never normally replace. Having watched Brewster in the preseason, I mean, especially as he gets stronger and which he looked a lot stronger than he did, you know, when I watched him, obviously, like, you know, two seasons ago, but we're talking obviously two years ago. Um I'm hoping he can fill that role and come in some games and fill in for Bobby so we can rest Bobby a little bit without having a huge drop-off. I think the other thing he's got going for him is he's relatively unknown for most opposition. You know, he's um, he's an unknown quantity. Nobody will know what his game is and how to mark him. Um, and he's he's got that ignorance of youth. You know, he he's... Uh, Un, unfazable he's um just come off the back of winning the champions league he was right there on the tour bus you know it obviously didn't play but that 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 winning mentality breeds more winning you know more success so having kind of like talked about the guys that we kind of enjoyed watching uh who was the most disappointing player for you out of the preseason games well, <clears throat> disappointing is uh, I'm. It's that's a hard term, but uh, <laughs> I, I could have done a lot worse. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's say least impressive. Uh, it's, it's definitely a bit of a harder question than who was more impressive. Like you know, I I'm gonna wax lyrical about Larucci one one quick second again. Like you know, we we watch these kids grow up, but. Him, I definitely earmark for for a decent future. That that is, of course, if Robbo ever lets him. <laughs> <laughs> but um, least impressive, definitely, definitely a harder harder go. I'd I'd say 
I'm more of a, a glass half full type of fan. Maybe I can tell. Know. I can tell, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe rose tinted glasses, but uh, you know, that's 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 just me. But uh, if I'm being a wee bit probably too critical, I'd say least impressive is Ox um, and Lalana, but Lalana less so. He's played well in that uh, holding role, but Ox only because of his long time out last year and obviously losing the momentum that he, he had at the start of the season. He, you know, it, and, and, you know, on the, on the flip side of what I'm trying to say is it, it could be the expectation and optimism that we all placed in Ox, you know, because I can kind of see that we've, we've maybe bigged them up a wee bit too much. Maybe, I don't know, but uh, we've definitely missed that type of player that his you know a player of his his ilk his his uh driving force his powerful runs through the middle like he he's such a strong lad you know he really is built like an ox he's huge but um some of that has got to be gained back through through training and, and playing with the team so i'm being a bit who too harsh on him i'd say to say that uh he was unimpressive but um i'm excited to watch him prove me i'm not again i'm not trying to say that he was unimpressive or anything like that i just i'd a, i'd a like to see him play a wee bit stronger a wee bit better but obviously that that that's got to come with missing three quarters of the season um and you know that I've been wrong before, like uh, a couple of years ago when Dom Solanke was playing, I thought he was the next best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> so, like I said, I've been wrong before, but, uh, you know, I thought, um, look, he's, he's got a lot of potential, but uh, a wise man once told me potential means nothing right now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But he, he definitely has the potential. Um, Ox, I'm talking about, not not Solanke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't care about his potential as much anymore. Yeah. Yeah, the poor lad. You know, you know, he may prove me wrong. He may he may prove all of us wrong and be a good good player at one stage. But uh... I'm actually glad you brought that name up because I mean that's kind of like exactly why I'm probably a lot more cynical in some of the performances that you watch in preseason because. You know, unless it comes to fruition down the wrong and, you know, like in an actual regular season game down the road, it does not mean a whole lot. I mean, it's nice to see those good signs and some of the development of the young kids. Uh, but it's kind of I find it more and more like harder to get excited about it and say, yep, this is the one yeah, uh, yeah. So you kind of like see more. And I think, you know, going back to what you're saying, I think, you know, Ox was you know not disappointing but less impressive as you would say uh i think it was mainly because you know your expectations of a player like that i think are you know always higher because you've seen kind of i mean we don't hopefully it's not the peak and hopefully there'll be even higher peaks but you know we've seen how good he can be uh so and i think we were all under the impression since he kind of came back at the end of last year i think the hope was he would start this year kind of like how we was right before the injury. And I think we kind of found the sad truth that it's going to take a bit more time for him to kind of get back into that rhythm. And like you're saying, strength and 
speed and things like that. I mean, he still shows the flashes and you're like, man, this is exactly what we were missing. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, it looks like it's going to take a bit more time for him to kind of be the guy that, you know, was injured. Because, uh, I mean, he's like a very key part of that midfield down the road if he can be that person. Um, I mean, I thought, and, you know, I love the guy's professionalism to death, but I thought Mignolet was... It's almost scary to think if something happens to Ellison, it was more like having flashbacks from the past again in terms of like every corner kick that came in the box. I mean, he basically, we went from night to day. I mean, I know like Ellison gave away a goal in this last game by giving away that penalty and stuff like that. But I mean, man, it is night and day to be able to how, you know, those two goalies, how they command the box and how it could be the opposite ends this much is just obnoxious. But and the goal he let in, I mean, there were some goals. Like, I was at the game, actually, in, like, um, uh, the game in Indiana against, like, Dortmund. And, I mean, some of the goals, it's just poor defending. I mean, you can have three goalies, and they were going to eventually score. Uh, but some of the goals he's let in, and in the way he commands the box and stuff like that. Like I say, I think, as a professional, I love the guy, what he does, and, you know, off the field for the team as well, but and how he's carried himself. You watch him on the sideline, he doesn't pout and stuff like that. But then, like I say, just watching him perform, I guess I was expecting a lot better, like, hey, you know, he's not as bad as we remember him to be. It almost felt like he's as bad as we remember him to be. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I feel uh I feel if anything happens to Allison. We we can just give Mignolet uh, a a dinner lady's wage and stick him stick him in the kitchen and put a put a pair of gloves on on uh, VVD and put Fabinho at centre back and I honestly think Virgil would do a better job in nets than Mignolet. <laughs> Even if he yeah, wasn't it was just like said, I feel bad because I think you know I I really like his professionalism and I think you know it's kind of like exemplary you know like to watch how he carries himself and how he's carried himself like over time um, when he got benched even for like curious I know and you know now he realizes he's really benched uh, he's behind a goalie that is actually better than him so I think he's handling that better than you know sitting behind like curious but. Um, just the performances it's like oh man come on like but so it would be scary like if something happened but and it's almost like i think it scares me in terms of how deep we can go uh in like league cup and stuff like that not that as much i care about winning the league cup but i want us to go deeper in these leagues so these young kids can actually play and get some playing time. I think, you know, by getting eliminated, yeah, like the starters get more rest and less game and stuff like that. But I think we just can't develop the youth as well because they just don't get opportunities to play. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. Like, uh, the longer we stay in the Cups, the better it is for our entire team. And, you know, we are fans. We're fanatics. And, you know, there's probably a reason why we're not... uh, on the on the bench, sitting there with Klopp and the boys, you know, because we're we're just as invested, if not more, than some of these players and and uh, staff that are are on a wage. And all all we as fans want to see is, um, you know, the the moment the the for their time to come. These these players on the fringe um, to to restore the faith that we've all put in them, you know, 
Bob and the boys and, and us as fans, we've all placed our, our faith in them. And, uh, you know, like I was saying about potential, it, it means nothing right now. But um, there's a few players that I've got a lot to, to live up to in my book. Um, and whether whether or not Mignolet plays a couple of games or not, uh, that's 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 to be decided, I guess. But um, the one thing he does have, like you said, is the professionalism, and and what that what his professionalism is doing is it's it's seeping into the team ethos. You know, it's 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 being shown to the younger kids. It's it's being shown to to all of the the players. So. If if absolutely nothing else good comes of it, and he doesn't play a minute for Liverpool this season, um, <laughs> at least at least he's showing you know how to be a, a true professional. Yeah, I think so. And like I say, I, I just worry because I mean I think it almost affects how the defense plays as well. Uh, having less confidence in like, you know, what's behind you or who's covering you and stuff. And he did have some great saves as well. And like I say, it's just flashbacks, you know, like some great saves with some, you know, like head scratchers and stuff like that. But I mean, in terms of the player that I was disappointed, I'm not going to say less impressive and, you know, sugarcoated like you. <laughs> I, was pretty, I was pretty disappointed with, you know, like how he played overall, but so let's say, so it's August 1st today, August 8th is the transfer deadline day, uh, where, you know, Twitter will be going crazy that day. So let me ask you, what is your, what is your gut feeling? Do we make any changes? Do we add or subtract anybody within the next seven days? Well, I mean, it, and which, should we, I guess I should ask that as well. Should we? Mm. We do have a strong team, um, but should we dip into the transfer market? Possibly, yeah. We we possibly should, and um, maybe I don't know. We we do have some youth goalkeepers in there that I would possibly trust more than Mignolet. Um It seems like he's just been plagued with mistakes, and that's that's kind of seeped into his 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 mind and. You know, you, you can't really get away from that once once you're you're plagued with doubts in yourself. But um, you know, initially after the Champions League, I thought we we deserve uh, we deserve uh, attack and backup. But you 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 look at those kids. Some of them they could do a job. They could definitely do a job for us. They're they're not gonna. They're not going to shove Mane out of the first starting team, like. But um, I would definitely. I'd like to spend a bit of money on, on someone, uh, not necessarily a goalkeeper, um, not necessarily a midfielder or defender, but just just someone, you know. And I think that's the issue we have. I mean, you know, we do want better cover. I think we're kind of like too late in the game for that. I think this, you know, club and his crew kind of have more faith in these youngsters trying to fill in those roles as opposed to signing. Either they didn't like anybody they like they could sign or we just didn't want to spend the money to sign somebody who would be a backup ultimately. And it's kind of hard to attract some, a player 
of high quality to come in and say, yeah, come here, you get to sit behind Mo. Uh, and, you know, you'll eventually come in. I think, especially for a young player, there are so many options. I think like one of the things, especially this season, there are so many teams that actually needs desperate help mm-hmm. and for starters. And like, you know, we're talking like big clubs that it's kind of hard to lure somebody to your bench when there are people you can go to and start right away. Um, so do you, but do you see us signing anybody or we're going to, you think we're just going to like ride it out and this is kind of like the squad we're going with the rest of the episode January? Yeah, I think, yeah. I don't think we will. Um, as much as I would love us to, to get a, a backup, um, you know, a, a 23, 24-year-old attacking midfielder, striker, something like that. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I read an article there with um, Shaka Hislop. Um, he used to be a goalkeeper for Newcastle, and he, he's he's come out and said, you know, people like Timo Werner and uh, and Pepe, who, who just got confirmed for Arsenal, aren't going to sign for Liverpool because they're just not going to get the time and and these sorts of players that we're being linked with, like you said, aren't willing to sit on the bench, even at a team like Liverpool, who are guaranteed Champions League football, Champions League winners. Um, they're they're at the stage of their career where they want to be starting every week, and I just don't see that happening with us. And I think part of the attraction is, you know, when you go to a team that's kind of, I mean, sucky, uh, like yeah. United, for example, or, you know, where you can kind of be the person who takes them there uh, as opposed to, you know, getting on the bus that was already the bus of the champion. So I don't know if that's kind of like another factor in there as well for, especially for maybe not for a youngster, uh, but for these guys that are kind of approaching the peak of their careers, almost like be the person who takes them there, be the leader as opposed to just being one of the followers. So now we have Hooch joining us. So Hooch, welcome to the podcast, first of all. And second of all, what do you think in one week, is this the same squad we have to start the Premier League? Um, Yeah, I think it is. Um, maybe there's a uh, surprise move, maybe not a super huge name, maybe somebody that we haven't heard of. Um, just more of the depth of uh, depth signing. Um, you know, maybe we pluck somebody you know out of a Russian league that no one's ever heard of. But you know, Klopp has his scouts down. He always seems to find these diamonds in the rough. You know, like Robbo was a perfect example. Nobody he was on anybody's radar in Scottish football, and then you know now he's one of the better left backs in the world. But uh, I think if we do get anybody, it'll just be a, for a just in case, or maybe a, a fullback that can either play, uh, play either side with a uh, Klein's injury. Cause you don't want to get into a predicament where you're relying on Gomez, the beer filling uh, like right back. And then if he would get hurt or, you know, one of your center backs would get hurt. And then that just has to shuffle everything around. I know Milner's great coverage, but you have to wonder his age, the amount of games he's played, is he able to do another full season without any significant injuries? And you just don't want to have something catastrophic happen right after the window closes. It kind of screws you until January. Because we saw last year, I mean, every game, every point is critical if you want to mount a serious challenge. 
So you can't afford to drop points in like say you know late September, early October because you're playing an unproven player in a position putting too much pressure on them early. Um, but for the most part, I think the starting eleven, even if you want to go down like the top 15, 16 players, the top two at every position are probably pretty set. Um, and maybe we just add a name just for for uh, just in case. Um, but yeah, I think other than that, we'll be pretty much the same squad we have. For instance, today, thing. sorry, Tim, we, no, just, uh, we just got um, rumored. Obviously, rumors are like arseholes. Everybody's got one. Um, <laughs> the fact is, we are being rumored to be linked to everyone, just for the simple fact that uh, you know <laughs> we're a Champions League winning side, Champions League final two years in a row. It's inevitably going to bump up the price. But today. Uh, the rumor just came out that we're being linked with um, the Bordeaux and Guinea forward Francois Camano for about 20 million. And I, I don't really know too much about him. Um, French league, 23 years of age. Um, something like that. I mean, obviously, like like you just said, Hooch, nobody's ever heard of this kid. I, I certainly haven't, although I don't really uh, watch the French league too much. Um, but, uh, you know, something, something like that would, would do well for me. I'd, I'd be happy enough just with a, another body in there up front to, um, throw in something different into the mix. You know, we, we know what Origi can do. We know roughly what Brewster can do. He adds a bit of pace and, and the unknown element to the opposition. Uh, and this, this kid, Francois Camano, whoever he is. Whatever he can do, twenty million—that's that's chump change for us, you know. Um, that would basically be like the uh, us just respending the Dominic Solanke money. You get somebody a few years older, and I'm um, like you said, you know, these kids that we never heard of. Um, how I do it is I go on Google and I'll Google their FIFA rating, and then I'll look at their potential because that's you know, other than that, there's no really scientific way to know anything about these kids unless you just devote your whole life to watching football. Um, so, yeah, I get on Google. I look at their FIFA rating, what their potential could be. And then, all right, you know, we'll take, we'll take FIFA or we'll take EA Sports words for it. Because, um, like, yeah, Tim's not a huge fan of the, uh, well, you know, because YouTube videos, everybody looks great in YouTube videos because they're not, they're highlights, not lowlights. Yep. So it's always hard to judge from the YouTube. You just have to take what you read. Um, but, yeah, I think we do get a player. It'll be somebody like that. We off the radar just for an extra set of legs. Something happens or the early season. You don't want to run players out too much. Um, I think it was Mane and Solid. They just got back um, lot off their break, so you don't want to run those guys out early season because if you look at how this team set up and the expectations, I mean, they're expected to make deep runs. And I'd say, you know, the Premier League, of course, they're probably, you know, the Champions League, you're looking for quarterfinal, semifinal to be, you know, realistic expectation. Then um, I'd like to see a little bit more emphasis put on maybe the FA Cup. Um, maybe not use it so much as a throwaway tournament, if that's the correct term, you know. But um, you have to look at it is for us to really take our place in being back in the views of the world is we have to make runs in two or three competitions, serious runs in two or three competitions. And you need everybody you can at the later stages when the games really get critical. 
Yeah, I think that's why. I mean, like I said, I don't follow the French league as much. I mean, it's kind of like a league where who's going to be second to PSG every year. But um, I mean, I personally did not know much about Pepe before this. You know, the whole rumor will started either. And like Hooch is saying, I mean, if it was by YouTube videos, somebody could probably put together a good footage of me, and maybe I'll get a contract too, because. You know, that's, I mean, everybody watches, you know, like those YouTube videos are like, oh, the guy can't score. Yeah, it's in the French league and you're watching all his goals. You're not watching all his mispasses, all the ones he missed and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So I think, you know, that's why you have a scouting department. That's why you have the experts. I think the consensus is more, you know, it would be ideal to get some more uh, depth into our front line just to be able to give these guys more rest, especially a guy like mine who pretty much played like, you know, 12 months year round. So uh, I think that will be ideal, even if it's like somebody we don't know. It doesn't matter if we know him or not, as long as the scout department feels like it's somebody who can film. And let's face it, anybody we sign right now, we know how Klopp works. They're probably not going to play till Christmas. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's not as a, they're not going to start until then. They might show up with themselves here and there, but it's going to take a time. And I think that was one of the things that became more and more apparent in the preseason is how our, and you know, like Klopp always talks about this, how our defending stars up front. And when we didn't have our regular front three, I think that made the defense look worse than it actually is because they're coming in more in numbers. The ball is lost in places where it really should not be. People are out of position and things like that because you know, like everything is connected in the system we play. So anybody we sign, even if they're an attacking player, they're not going to just come in and start. It's going to take him for a while to get built into the system. So, but yeah, I agree. I don't see a huge changes coming up within the next week. Uh, signing like that is possible. I still, part of me still says there's going to be a surprise somewhere, uh, but we are probably a little late in the game for that too. So Let's look ahead to this weekend. First off, before, before we move on, I just want to double check shoot. that we've mentioned Solanke in this podcast twice. He'll <laughs> <laughs> have a hat trick the first week of the Premier League, I would think. But um, yeah, he's, he's my favorite. He's my favorite example to bring up. It you'll you'll catch on. That I like to pull his names out. You know, I'll have Solanke, I'll have Ricky Lambert, or Fabio Barini. I, I just did I'm, the same thing. I done the exact same thing. I bu- I brought up Dominic Solanke too. They <laughs> <laughs> to get twenty million for that kid. He may turn out to be a really good player, but the get twenty million for him after you know really he did not he really didn't do much of anything. Yeah, yeah. It just it, that's just one of the, the fun little inside jokes we have. Yep. <laughs> so, but like you said, it's silly season, so anything can happen. Exactly. And, I think part of it is almost like turning the money around too. I mean, you kind of like, you know, invest in a young player. I think, you know, after you realize he's never like his ceiling is never going to be good enough for us. Uh, it's time to move on instead of waiting till, you know, either he runs out of his contract or he's like 25, 26. And we're still like hoping for him to uh, keep going. I mean, I feel like almost like we're kind of entering that phase with Woodburn where every season is almost like, yep, yep, yep. And it almost looks like it's not happening. But nope. uh, that's why, you know, this preseason and stuff is kind of hard. I mean, these guys kind of have to show themselves more, I think, on the practice field than two preseason games where they're playing with somebody who they normally don't play with and stuff like that. A quick side note is um, I just saw an article, it was like a week or two ago, 
we have a kid. I guess he's still if he's on he's on the U18s. He's never played for us. We signed him to a youth contract, and I guess this is CSK Moscow or somebody who's trying to offer us between fifteen and twenty million dollars for the kid. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but um, they said if Michael Edwards pulls this deal off, this kid I guess he couldn't get travel visas or get how you know get that sorted. So he's never even dressed for us. Never really been to Merseyside, and he's been playing on his junior team or whatever. And there's a chance, I, from what I was reading, that they, Edwards is holding out for twenty to twenty-five million for this kid, and Moscow is seriously interested. Um, so if he does that, then I think Dominic Solanke will be my number two. I helped to slide down to number two for me for my all-time favorite sell. <laughs> okay, based on you guys, I can already under I can already see the answer and how much interest we have in this weekend's game. But how much of an importance uh, do you guys put into this uh, matchup against City? We'll start with you, Jamie. What do you think? Well, obviously it's silverware, uh, barely, just about. It's more of a serving dish, <laughs> um, but you know, I I, I watched one of Klopp's uh, press conferences and he was absolutely dumbfounded to hear that no one in England or probably the world gives a shit about the the charity shield or the community shield or whatever it's being called these days. So his question or words to to this effect was, so why not just cancel it? (laughs) Um, Which, you know, you got to love Klopp for his just his beautiful German abruptness. Um, But regardless, for me, it's a it's a chance to get at City. It's a chance to get into their get into their psyche early on before a, a, a ball's even kicked in anger for the season. Um, you know, it, it it's a lot of contradicting myself here, but, uh, you know, no, I bet you none of us could, could name the past five winners and losers in a charity shield. Um, it's just another preseason friendly. But for the team, I, I honestly believe the team think that they just want to go out there and win it and get their hands on some some more sterling silver um because like we touched on earlier success breeds more success and the the team are craving that you know they they had a a taste of it uh, obviously a, a big taste you know on the on the first um bringing the sixth home and uh and showing it all around Liverpool city for a million people um they're craving more of it and and even if it is uh just a, a glorified uh football um it's the winning mentality that's important and at, at this stage it can only be a good thing really um so hopefully we do go out there and win it um but of course on the flip side of that if we don't win it we're forgetting about it immediately <laughs> <laughs> what do you think tim um, yeah, I pretty much echo those sentiments. If you win it, you say we've won the first trophy of the year. If you lose it, you say, who cares? It's, it's not even a real trophy, you know. Um, but uh, Jamie was saying it would be a good thing, you know, to beat City early just to put that thought in her head that as of you know as things stand right now, obviously not everybody's back. Uh, like the, the teams that we're going to see this weekend, clearly it's not going to be the same team that's in January and then in springtime. 
But just to have that mental edge that, hey, they beat us once already, so we know going forward they could beat us again and again. I'm not saying we're going to beat City three times this year. Um, it'd be great if we did, but, you know, it's one of those things um, you can't really count on. But just like, you know, the mental aspect, was, like Jamie was saying, just to get in there. I, th- I think we're already almost kind of in our heads. Um, some of the comments from Pep's, um, from Pep this offseason about how we came back against Barcelona and how, you know, once you score, once we score one in Anfield, that you expect to get three or four against you in the next five minutes. So he's already has that slight mentality. So if we can put even another chink in the armor, um, there's nothing but positive things going forward. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things. If you win it, great. We won the trophy, a trophy. If not, it's up. Uh, all right. Well, the real season starts August 9th. So, but it'll be actually fun just to go and watch a game against somebody who you kind of a cheering interest against. Like these pre-season, the uh, preseason friendlies were great in the States and all that. But, you know, really, there's no real animosity there other than um, uh, the the last game against Sporting, I guess, when the, that tackle happened. But this is still one of those where you can kind of get amped up and like, all right, it's City. It's not probably the full City squad, but it's still City. It's a team, you know, you can you can cheer against Sterling and Aguero and those guys if they play. Uh, it would be fun that you're just one more step closer to the actual season happening. And it's at Wembley. It's a good day out. You know, it's a, it's another reason to watch 90 minutes of football. So why not? Why not go out there and win it? And I think that's the thing. It's more, more than the trophy. I think it's kind of like a psychological importance. But I, to be honest, doesn't that kind of rely on the 11 we start with? I mean, if we start with an 11 that looks like we're out there and we really want to win this thing and you don't win as opposed to, you know, kind of like starting it out like a preseason game and then you lose. Like, do we start with, you know, Firmino and Salah and, you know, like everybody out there? Or do we, you know, start with like, you know, like Ox on one side or Iggy and, you know, play Wijnaldum as like the left wing and see, you know, what happens. I think the psychological impact of it will really depend on, at least to me, it will really depend on, you know, the starting 11 we put out there and nobody knows that apart from club. We usually try to guess a starting lineup before games when we have these, you know, pregame shows, but good luck with this one. <laughs> Wouldn't it be brilliant though if, say, you know, Pep took this as another preseason and basically put his B team out there? You know, we came out guns blazing. And, you know, it'd be like the in Rocky Four when, you know, Paul Creed's taking it as a charity fight and scrimmage and Drago just came in to kick ass. What if we did that to them? Or, oh, yeah, like it's mm-hmm. no big deal for us guys, but we come out full 11 and just blow the doors off them. And I've really set the tone for the season. Like, no prisoners held, no holds barred. We're just going to steamroll everybody this year. Might not be a bad mentality to take away from it. That seems to be the sentiment coming from the club as well. You know, like, I, I heard uh, heard an interview with Jordan Henderson today, and he said, we're going out there to win every single game. And that's, that's you know, he, he may just be spouting off at the mouth, um, to big up the game before before Wembley, but I I think that I, I honestly take him for his word. I think we mean business. You know, we we took we took it to every single team last year. Ninety seven points. You know, unbelievable season. We're talking about the best season in Liverpool Football Club's history. I honestly believe we're ready to go again, and I think Klopp and 
I think he's ready to field the strongest eleven he can, and I think he's going to field a team that he feels is going to win against any of City's eleven. So I think we're gonna we're gonna do it. Not not that it matters, but like you said, it's it's a big psychological uh, edge that that we could get ahead of City. So then, with that thoughts, let's end the podcast with some score predictions. Hooch, we'll start with you. What do you have? Well, based off last season and the preseason this guy's having this year, we'll just say it's 1-1 in the 93rd minute, and here comes a Riggy, maybe off a corner. Maybe he gets corner taken quickly. <laughs> <laughs> And why not have a Riggy start the season off the way he ended it last year? A late minute winner, just you know, still a thunder out of city. Um, and I think if if we win a game like that, that could really be um, a huge boost for us. So, you know, if we come back something like we did last year, a Riggy's the man that ended it last year for us, um, clinching a cup with that goal, and of course the goal against Everton and his performance against Barcelona. So why don't why doesn't he start us off this year? I'm calling Riggy, 93rd minute game winner, starts us off the uh, Champions League and the Premier League trophies this year. Yeah, hmm. I'll drink to that. What do you have, Jamie? I know I'm going to be the pessimist over here, but start the year <laughs> right, you know? Go ahead. You know what? This is probably the first time I've ever done uh, a, a scoreline prediction. I'm, I'm as, as, uh, as optimistic of a, a fan as I am, I uh, I try and hold my cards close to my chest just because I'm a bit of a superstitious Irishman. I don't want to jinx the team, but I'm going to go for it today. Uh, I'm uh, If I'm wrong, it's all your fault, lads. So um, <laughs> I'm We'll going take the heat, don't worry. I'm going 3-1. I'm going 3-1 the Reds. Really? So you guys are going to make me look like the bad guy, which is cool. I'm used to that. But, um, yeah, I honestly think we do not start with risk everybody in this game. And I feel like it costs us. And I personally could not care less really if we win this game or not. To me, winning against, like, for example, uh, Chelsea would mean more than this game, obviously. It's like a bigger cup in my eyes. And I'd rather, you know, start the Premier League with the three points and everything and a full roster. So I say we don't start with the strongest lineup we have available. And I say we actually lose two to one. Okay. okay. I can see uh, it. Um, can I give, you know, I, it, it doesn't matter if we win or lose. Um, can I give a second prediction of if Riggi doesn't come through in the 93rd minute? Uh, sure, why not? Solanke coming in in 95th or? Uh, just like our um, the Champions League trophies, Liverpool six, Man City nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's hope I'm wrong and you guys are right, and we kind of like started off the year good. And like I say, to me, it's more important to start the Premier League with three points and win against Chelsea and have these guys healthy and ready to go and not risk him in this game and something goes south because they kind of came back too early and playing too many minutes too early kind of thing. So. Uh, any parting thoughts, Jamie? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd, yeah. Uh, I'd love, I'd love to take the chance just to say, um, first of all, big thanks to you guys for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm a big fan of of everything you boys are doing over there at American Scouser. Uh, 
obviously I'm a bit biased. I'm a huge LFC fan, so basically anything <laughs> Liverpool, I'm I'm gonna love. Um, but uh, I've enjoyed listening to all your pods. You know, um, you some of you guys, listeners, may or may not know. I, I wrote a little piece for the blog, my LFC story, which I really enjoyed. Um, and I'd welcome anybody out there to to do the same. Um, just excited to be on here. A huge thank you. And um, I'm representing for LFC Wilmington. Uh, currently, we've got unofficial status here in North Carolina, but uh, we're hoping to follow in the footsteps of a bunch of great guys, including the ones you've had on on your pods here before and, and all the people around the world that have, have their official status. But uh, it's... Uh, it, Great time to be an LFC fan, and you know, it's uh, it's all looking forward to what's ahead in a matter of days. And um, a big shout out to all the boys here at LFC Wilmington who've uh, helped and and started this all out. Steel Williams, Tom and Doreen Williams, you know, they they started our little supporters club about six seven years ago, and uh, had a had a decent well established group and. Um, I got here about five years ago. I came to North Carolina from Ireland with my wife, who's my rock. And anybody who knows me is, knows that I'm a, a loud and proud red. Emphasis on the on the loud. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm I'm constantly singing nonstop, morning, noon, and night, ale, 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 and and all the all the chants. And you know, initially she was ready to kill me. But uh, I, I eventually got into her, her brain, and now when I start singing LA, 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 she's right there with me. So big shout-out to Katie, my wife. She's literally my rock. Um, and big shout-out to our home, our, our bar, Varnish Ale and Spirits in historic downtown Wilmington, North Carolina. Real beautiful spot. Shout-out to Sean and Nate, the owners. Real, real good group of guys, and they've got a great staff on their hands. Um, so, yeah, other than that, lads, I, I just wanted to say thanks again. You guys are, are doing great, and thanks for having me on. Oh, man, thanks for the kind words. Thanks for joining us. I'm sure you'll be with us several times throughout the season as well. Uh, it's promising to be like an, another awesome season in the works here. So, uh, Hooch, what do you have as parting words? Uh, it, was a, it was a nice summer off. Um it was nice to lift a trophy last season, but that was last season. Um, I'm just excited to get back to it. I'm excited to every week look forward to my weekends or my Tuesday or Wednesday night or afternoons. But, you know, um, I'm just excited to get back, get back in a routine. Um, hopefully we have another great nine or ten months. Um, that would show we're doing really well. And it's just a, it's a great time to be a Red. Um, for some of you guys that have been fans a long time, uh, even like newer fans, it's not always like this. Like I was a, became a true rural supporter in like 2009, 2010. We had some dark times, some dark periods. Um, so whether you were a fan from way back or from these last two runs, you just kind of latched on to the club. We welcome everybody. Um, but it's a great time to be a, a red, a great time to be a supporter. Um, it's just a blast. It's I can't, I couldn't imagine supporting any other team. I may appreciate the talents of other teams. But to be just, I mean, my week lives or dies with this club, and I wouldn't have it any other way. It's a great. I'm, it's just exciting to be back. Um, the weekly grind, I can't wait for it. And up the Reds, 
and here's number seven. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. I mean, it's been like I say. I just I'm glad the preseason mess is over. Another week, the transfer mess will be over, and we can hopefully get down to real business and uh, continue from where we left off. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for joining me, and thanks for everybody for listening to the American Scouser podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week with our season predictions and our preview overall, and hopefully, I'll be my prediction will be dead wrong, and we'll have an additional trophy by then. Thanks again for listening. Uh, just give us a follow, join our Facebook group as well, and join the chatter there. Uh, thanks a lot and hop the Reds. You'll never walk alone, boys.